Hey, what's up, friends? Welcome back to the podcast. Our guest today is Jitan Kandalia. <clears throat> so Jitan is a, a very experienced human being. So he is an inventor, a Forex trader, a black belt martial artist and martial arts teacher, and a serial entrepreneur. So he has founded four companies, probably most famous of which is the Crypto Trading Academy for Excellence. And this was a fascinating podcast. This was... Yeah, this one went deep into mostly it was centered around the nature of leadership and what it means to be a leader and CEO and founder of a multinational corporation in the 21st century. Like, because we were, at first we were talking about, you know, what is leadership? And that was that's simple when you look at it from in a vacuum, just what is leadership on a personal level. And then the question was, okay. Can we translate that to our world today in the 21st century in a world of multinational corporations and this cutthroat world that we live in? Can can we have capitalism that is integrated with heart and with humanity? And yeah, we came into some really interesting – yeah, we just – we went into some really interesting places with this one. So – Enjoy. This is what's interesting, and I don't know, maybe this will end up in the podcast, but I'm a very trusting person by nature. Like, I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Like, I I, I just trust people, you know what I mean? And because of that, you know, some people might call it naivety, other people might call it just, yeah, naivety, where, you know, I, I you know, did that same thing. So I went into not like a, just a meeting, and sometimes like I'll... I'll record them just in case we get like a two minute brilliant thing where I can put on Instagram. I'll, I'd always ask them. And again, I, I give people the benefit of the doubt. So I'm like, oh, if someone was recording me, I'd be like, oh, of course, you know, they're probably doing it for a good reason. And if they were to use it, they'd probably ask me. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah that's cool. Like, I don't care. And I know it happened to you one time where we were like 40 minutes in and I was like, yeah, I'm recording this right now. And you're like, I know. And then it was like, again, it was just kind of no big deal. But I did it to this one person. And I guess maybe because we didn't know each other, but they got like really defensive. Like they, they got borderline like furious. Um, wow. And, and it really took me back because, again, for me, I'm like wow, like the fact that you wouldn't give me the benefit of the doubt as a fellow human being is really interesting. And the more I thought about it, because at first I took it really personally, because, you know, usually you do when things just kind of flare up. You're like, oh, what the fuck did I do wrong? Shit, I'm, I'm an Absolutely. asshole. Um, but then the more I thought about it after, I said that that's an interesting thing, because I feel like whatever we believe other people's intentions to be, whatever, wherever we attribute malice where we don't have any reason otherwise to believe so, I feel like that's something to do with their psychology. That That's maybe a distrust. Maybe they were screwed over before. Maybe this happened to them and they don't trust people to not abuse them and use them for like information or social media marketing. And it was just really interesting. And, and like I just ever since I'm hyper aware of that kind of thing of like, and it's, it's a good thing. I think it taught me like, okay, not everyone's like me. Not not everyone's go with the flow, relaxed, and just living life and just trying to have a good time. And some people, there is this rigidity to some people. And, and you know, again, as I 
develop more, you know, business contacts in the world, as I develop more relationships with people honestly like you, but don't act like you because because you're an anomaly, Jit. Like you're you're this person who's accomplished so much in the world, but treats other human beings and interacts with the world as if you're just another human being. And I think that might be a spiritual essence you come with is that. You're like, yeah, we're all spiritual people. We're all souls coming in this incarnation to learn something where it's funny. I feel like even some spiritual people I know, they they can't grasp that that they're like, OK, yeah. they, they get that. Oh, yeah, we're all one. We're all connected. But when you look mm-hmm. at their actions, when you look at the way they again, they they expect other people to be. It's like they don't trust other people. And it's like, okay, well, that's a disconnect in my mind because how can you believe we're all one, we're all God, and then you have such a distrust for not only people like, you know, I get having a distrust for people that have fucked you over, but for yeah. people that have never given you a- any reason to not trust them, that that's interesting. So, yeah, what do you think of all of that? Yeah, no, absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. Uh, you know, you nail on the head. I think – most people don't trust others from my experience because if they were them, they wouldn't trust them. Exactly. Exactly. Dude, that's the, that's the mind fuck is like literally you can see inside somebody's psyche by literally just how they treat you in a first impression and how they treat anybody in a first impression. It's like, cause you know, I feel like we ha- we live in this world right now where we're so divisive and And it seeped into, I guess, a lot of us in that even me sometimes, sometimes I will be preemptively defensive because I feel like people might lash out for no reason because we live in this cancel culture. We live in this culture where everybody is trying to find a fault with everybody else. And I think it might be born of some sort of insecurity in that it's almost like the fight first, like be on the offensive so you don't have to be on the defensive. It's like it's almost like. Everyone's worried about people finding their flaws that they're like, okay, if I go on the offensive and find your flaws before you can notice mine, then I'm good. You know, no one can notice that I'm imperfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, absolutely. And I think the false um, notion that people live by is judge or be judged. Yeah. You know, like if that person judges me, they've stapled me as a certain way, and we sp- spoke about this in our layer cake podcast, right? You know, that people have layers and you meet them at that layer or that level, they've pinned you as being that layer. You are marzipan. And like, there's so much more to you than marzipan, right? Like there's so much more, there's so many more layers to you. And people engage with you and relate to you on that level. When someone, if you ever meet my friends and you come out with me, you'll know, right? This person thinks I'm marzipan. This one thinks I'm chocolate gateau, right? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They're just layers to my my personality because I connected to, with this person on Star Trek. I connected with this person on gaming and I connected with the other guy who doesn't relate to any of those things on science. And we, you know, so. Oh, I, I, yeah. I, yeah, no, de- definitely. And like, and, and the funny thing is we also live in a society where, you know, like you said, somebody will think I'm chocolate gato. Someone will think I'm marzipan and they will be dead set on the fact that I'm that person. And if they talk to the other person, they're like, no, 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 he's chocolate gato. You just haven't seen that side of him. He's faking it. 
And it's yeah. just interesting because then we'll also say if if you if I meet you and I think you chocolate gateau and then as you know, maybe I don't see you for a year and then I meet you again and you're a bit more like marzipan. I might be like, oh, dude, you've changed or you're lying to yourself or you're faking it. And I find that even interesting because the subtext of that statement is that people don't change and people are very like there's nothing to to us like if we're one thing when when we meet each other and we never see another side of that person that's like 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 that is giving people not the benefit like we're so dynamic it's like every time i talk to you i i learn like whoa like i didn't i didn't know he was also into this or he he's done this before and and it is interesting um, because some people are like, like, and I don't know if you're someone who's willing to, because like some people, they seem to be like, I, I can talk to them for like 50 hours and they seem to be that one thing or shades of that one thing. They're like a chocolate gato a hundred percent of the time, but maybe they get a bit more chocolatey or they have a bit more dynamics. And then you get someone like you and I I consider myself kind of this category where it's like we are so many different things. Like nobody can say I'm a chocolate gateau because also this I'm a huge nerd. I'm I'm like I'm a I'm also a I love football and I love like NFL and and then, you know, fighting is interesting to me. That hasn't been something that's been opened up in my world, but it's something I'm intrigued by and I'd like to. Um, I've always kind of wanted to get into like jujitsu kind of thing. It's just kind of the yeah. right time, the right timing. And so I look at someone like you, I'm like, okay, here's someone that either has all of these layers and allows people to experience them or like, or he just has all these layers because I'm like, okay, what makes JIT different than the average person? Does everybody have a lot of layers? It's just some people are un, more unwilling to share them. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think um, everyone has layers. It just depends on how many layers and how thick are those layers as well to, within each person, you know, but we also got to remember that these layers weren't formed necessarily at the same time. Mm. You know, my martial arts world layer has been forming for 30, 40 years, you know, my scientist layer has been forming over 25 years. My uh, forex layer has been forming over five years. Let's say, you know, it's a, a lot newer, but it's enough, right? So, you know, but then you take the characteristics of these layers and it's called the baking tray, right? You bring it all together. It's about how you bring this together to form a, a cake, uh, a work of art, or a character. A, co- a, a cohesive whole. Exactly. They all blend together. They are all jit. The cake is jit, you know? Uh, or the cake is Anton. You know, these are the layers that make up who we are. And if anyone gets to know you on any of those levels and none of the others, they don't really know who you are. And I think the challenge is, but you can learn the pers- the characteristics of the cake and appreciate the layers that you can't relate to. I think this is the the power of some human beings that can relate to, you know, that guy who professionally gambles, for example, but you're not a gambler. You don't believe in gambling. You don't believe in, you can relate to that guy and go like, you know, actually, yeah, you are a professional. You can count cards or you're, you clearly enjoy it, but it's not a 
the you gave me a whole new perspective on a gambling mindset a gambling mindset i just think of someone putting it on red all on red you know in my head right and suddenly i'm meeting someone who's like a precision artist who can count up to 11 decks and there's only ever seven decks and a blackjack uh you know um shuffle right yeah and you, you start watching these people and you're like that's a work of art so to generalize that you're a gambler you know do you know what i mean and to see those different perspectives of people i think it's a characteristic thing when we can relate and appreciate each other's characters i think it's very powerful yeah and i i think that is something that is unique about some people and i i i would again put you and me in this category um like I'm a podcaster, so it's part of my very nature and job to be able to find a commonality with anybody that comes on. And obviously, I have a certain mold. I, I, I attract certain kinds of people onto my podcast, usually more psychological, philosophical types or artists, create creatives. But if I had a, a blackjack dealer on my podcast or I had a mechanic or something, I think I could find something to connect to. And I feel like you you could too. I feel like you have this. Hmm. I don't even know if I'd call it a gift because I don't think it's like a lot of people are like, oh, you have a gift and that you you have the gift of the gab. You can communicate with anybody in any topic. I don't know if it's a gift as much as where a lot of people, it seems like their life story or their passion life is about things. It's about um, poker. It's about uh, football. It's about, you know, science. Like, their their core identity, what they're fascinated about the universe and the world is in specific things. Um, and one thing I've noticed, and I think this is why we get along so well, is while I love things, I love, you know, Magic Gathering, I love football, I love working out, I love fitness, I love, like, I like all these things. But the actual thing I'm most fascinated by in life, the thing that I'm most interested in is human beings and psychology and human nature and existence itself, the big questions in life. And because of that, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. I'm fascinated by the person behind the thing. And I think that maybe that's all interviewers. Maybe that's all podcasters. Maybe that's all, I don't know, C CEOs. And that's probably not the case because they're probably interested in things a lot of the time, but I find you kind of have that too. W would you agree or disagree that, it's, it's maybe not like a gift. It's like just kind of like a core fundamental curiosity that orients you towards life, you know? Absolutely. I mean, you know, the thing is, it's, it's, it's funny, funny you say that uh, gift versus um, just who you are, right? Um, we decide who we are at an early age, but we also have things that we don't decide. Like the nature is our nurture, right? And... You know, there are different elements to our behaviors and how we are. And I think that early on, you realize we have that perspective of, you know, when you have respect and you kind of like helicopter up and try to see that person as a whole rather than, you know, in also the community that they live in, like what are their habits, what do they do, how their behaviors, what are their hobbies. And you kind of take that. And you, then you go like you remove the fact that this guy loves playing basketball or, you know, this guy uh, likes playing poker or whatever. You look at those raw facets to this individual and you just go and you relate to the, those kinds of things kind of go wow he's really caring and loving and kind he's malicious when it comes to his job you know do you know what i mean like you've got that other yin yang kind of side you do ask if someone's so kind where is their yang 
Yes. I hear all, all, all the time. Where's the yang? Me, I let it all out on the dance floor, which is martial arts. Right? Mm. You know, I would hit a bag with anything that, or anything I absorb from others because I'm a caring person. And I would hit that bag and I would reach another level in martial arts. You know? Like all that frustration, you know, I would literally train and that would be my conduit, my outlet to let it out. And now getting older and they say wiser somewhat, I don't have my physical is not as strong as my spiritual and my mental. Then you start moving to that dynamic of how I can't hit the bag as hard as I used to. I still hit it, but not to the level I used to. So what is it? And then the, the, the energy aspect comes in and you're kind of like, hey, you know, I don't have to be angry to uh, realize my my yang energy. I can be like aggressive with the forex market. You know, the forex market is uh, the way I look at it is um, in a way like God's gift to mankind that inspired someone to create this market for their abundance. You know what I mean? And yeah. it, is, it is the it is a mother. You aren't you aren't the the you know the big gun here. The market decides what to do, right? And you follow the market. The market doesn't follow you. So you have to learn, and you learn this at a later age as well, and maybe some people earlier, and I think you have this as well, where you submit. You see, the power of submission is actually really powerful. When you submit, not giving up, submit and follow is is, um, the greatest leaders are the best followers. Really? Yeah. You're a better student than your own students. You're a student of the art. You have to be a better, to lead is just a better student that's walked before, that is more of a student than you are. And you follow that student till you surpass that student, you know? Yeah. You know, what? so. Go, go on, sorry. No, and, and the last thing I want to say was around that was, um, you were talking about, um, you know, human interaction things. I work like a shepherd. You know, like I lead from the back, you know, I want to know where everyone's going. I want to pull in those guys that are aberrating from the, you know, the group. I want to make sure they stay together. They're aberrated. They maybe they got distracted by something like alcohol or, you know, I'm like, no, 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 come back in, man. We've got you back. We've got you back. We're here. I'm mm-hmm. leading from the back. Because if you lead from the front, guess what? Every so often you look, the wolves have taken someone else, you know? Yeah, that, that, that's really interesting. That, that's very fascinating. And I have a few questions. Um, number one, do you think there is an archetypal leader? Do you think there is one form of leadership that always works? Or do you think, like, what, how would, first of all, how do you define leadership? What is it? Secondly, what are the different archetypes that, that are efficient in leading? Um, yeah, let, let, let's start there. Okay. All right. There are, um, let's keep it really simple. You're either plain and simple. You either lead or you don't. What does that mean? Okay. Look at the characteristics. When you see a good leader, there are a couple of types of leaders, right? When I lead, and if you speak to any of my guys in the martial arts or in the Forex world, you know, from Forex Lens, I believe they follow my leadership, not because they're afraid of me, because they love me. And to lead from a position of where you're loved, but you're still this guy that they they want to learn off and they inspired by, right? I think that natural leadership, um, we call it gravity. 
My teacher mm. said to me when I went to Canada in 2001, and I went there and I came back in 2003 and I went to get a job. I got 25 days annual leave. Every Friday I would fly out on 11, 20 a.m. flight to Canada, land in Toronto at two because we go back in time, go train martial arts, go out with my mates, you know, till early hours in the morning, do the same thing on Saturday. We'll turn up at the dojo, we'll square up, do our thing, go out again late into the early morning hours of Sunday, meet for brunch. I'll get the midnight flight back. I'll have my shirt on, my blazer, and I'd land at 6 a.m., go straight to work. I took one day off. Wow, dude. Wow. Right? Yeah. So they saw that. They were inspired by that. But all of my Canadian friends who will ever see this podcast will know that um, I came there. I led the way to the relationship. It's a leader leads in relationships. Leads the relationship. Guides a relationship. Walks, crosses the line to meet you on the other side and bring you to the middle. Right? A good leader will help you find that balance. You know? Yeah. And the challenge for a leader is the giving part because it's exhausting Yeah. when you're giving to so many. And an endearing leader, the gravity guy, everyone wants their time. Everyone wants their time. That was, yes. I my, yes. Do you know what I mean? Oh, dude, my, that, that, I, I, I think we're the same leadership style because that is me, is people – Everyone wants to talk to me. Everyone wants my opinion. Everybody wants, everyone just wants to be around me. It's like they don't, and, and sorry, it's not even that they want anything from me. They just want to be in my presence. They Like some people will just chat and be like, hey man, how's life? Like I can tell, I'm like, you wouldn't ask that to anybody, but it's like, there's something about, again, it's gravity. It, it, it's literally, it's like, you just want to be around my gravitational field and I, yeah, it's the love thing. So I, I'm with you. I, I I think we're the same kind of style that way. But keep going. Sorry, I interrupted. And un, you know, like not very much unlike a black hole, the gravitational field will pull you in. I call it the light hole, right? Like you know, <laughs> yeah, you know, it will pull you in. Like you're not pulling people in on purpose, right? You are. You just are, right? And you walk. Anton and Jit walk into a bar. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anton and Jits go sit at the bar. I guarantee the crowd will be at the bar. The thing is, because I already know what we're like, we'll talk about something really interesting. We'll engage with the people behind the bar. And suddenly you're like, you know, people are coming up to you and then you're saying, hey, I'll reach over to you and goes, Anton, one, one sec, bro. And I'll put my hand on your shoulder. Because love the jacket. And I say that all the time, don't I? Love the jacket, man. You know, it, you know, and then they suddenly say, hey, where are you from, man? You've got an accent. And then like, you go into one about Jit his accent and then I'll, you know we'll have a laugh and pull in more people it's it's got to be natural it's yeah. your natural nature you've got to look at some people though so there's gravity some people put on a veneer mm. of who they think you need that's mm. not really them that's not them in their core but they don't feel like the real them is enough the real them is like, yo, bro, I just want to chill, I want to smoke a zoo, you know, whatever, right? But the the leader that they think they have to be is that they people won't be attracted to that or they'll have judgment, so they must present themselves in a certain way. And so the challenge with that is that as long as you know when to switch in and out of that leadership, okay? Because if that, I'm not saying fake so much, but that veneer that you create becomes you, you forget who you are. Yeah. And then that human connection starts to 
you know, go. Some leaders are really, I call it kind of a level of a manipulation where they yeah. kind of present a certain side and then they'll give you that little t- taste of who they are, that heartfelt bit to draw you in and you're loyal forever because you had that one moment and you may be experiencing it again. Yeah, and this is something I have, um, I don't think about this often, but every time I see this, I think about it. So you have, especially on YouTube, you have seminars, like everybody's selling a course about how to be a leader, how to make this much money, how to form your own company. And I used to be really big into that stuff when I was 21 years old. Um, yeah, but 21, 22, I was doing a lot of seminars in Toronto, Canada. Um, I was, you know, I took the self-expression leadership program with Landmark and I, I did this. And I remember when I was 21, I remember telling the whole class, I'm like, I just want to be a leader. Um, because I was, I wouldn't say I've, I've ever been a follower, but I wouldn't have ever considered myself a leader. I was a lone wolf. I, I, I led myself and that's still a form of leadership, but it's a different one. And, you know, again, I wasn't popular in high school, so I wanted people to admire me. And that's really what I meant by when I said I wanted to be a leader. I wanted to be admired. I wanted to be loved because, again, you know, I have my background of my father and then, you know, my background in high school. I, I remember getting in front of that group and I was like, look, I, I, I just want to be a leader. I just want people to, to like me in some sense. And then I remember there was a time in my life where I was getting a lot of help with investing um, with stock market stuff. And I had, you know, this one guy, Michael, he was a mentor uh, this time and he helped me out a lot. And I felt like I never deserved it. I, I felt like I was like, if only he realizes of who I really am, he'd realize that this is a waste of time and that the person, like, why is he doing all this for, for me for free? And I remember this was, again, I was about 22, 23 years old and it really was tough for me to accept help because I felt like it was, I, and also I, I felt like I needed to kiss, kiss his ass all the time because if I didn't, I felt like, like, I felt like people would only do that stuff for you if they wanted something from you. I was like, nobody would ever give you something for free. So they need your help. They, they just want your loyalty. They just want your praise. And so I would try to like, essentially I was manipulating. I, I would manipulate and, and give validation for this. And I remember I got to a point where I was like, okay, fuck this. Like, I need for my own like internal karma. I need to level this out. I need to balance this. So whatever I get, I'm going to help other people in return. And it was only about, you know, when I started my YouTube channel and, um, you know, I don't want to get too much into the investing side of things or what I invest in. But when I started to get more adept with investing, I started to be able to actually help people out. Um, just free, like, you know, I wouldn't tell people what to do, but I just, I would try to open up people's lives. Because I'm like, this is just my way of telling myself, like, it's okay for you to get help. Because if you help other people, then I don't feel so guilty about getting help. And now, you know, when you help me out with things, I don't kiss your ass ever. Because I'm like, okay, I, my way of paying it forward is why I deserve this. Is like, I don't, like, again, I'm not getting this for free. I'm, I'm helping other people out. And I don't even know why I went down this road. It's something to do with leadership. Um... But oh, that was it. It was like everybody's selling a course. Everybody's selling leadership. And I, I saw this video. I was looking up this video uh, about a month ago. And, and I just like I didn't resonate with it. Like it was this guy. He was telling people how to be a leader, how to be confident. 
And I was like, I get it. I think a lot of people want to be confident. A lot of people want to be a leader. But I think it's almost like going about everything backwards because when you're telling people this is how you become confident, this is how you be a leader, I think you're actually robbing the very essence of confidence and leadership from the very people because like I – I'm the most confident I've ever been in my life right now. And it's all because of YouTube. And it's all because of me getting into investing and me being able to make my life and and build my freedom. More than anything, it's, it's building my the foundation of my life, building my freedom. And now I'm confident, not because I took a workshop, because I thought I was confident when I was doing all those workshops in Toronto. I thought... I was more cocky than confident. I, I was like, oh yeah, I've done this course. I've done that course. I, I know how to talk to people. I'm charismatic. I'm charming. And it was all bullshit because I felt like I needed to walk a certain way to actually be confident. And it was like, once I actually accomplished in life what I feel like I'm here to do, because I, I'm here to podcast. I'm here to do, you. I'm, I don't know what it is, but I'm here to to connect people, to entertain, and to use my voice as a vehicle for change in the world. I know like that is probably, to get very specific, I'm like that is why I'm here, to be a vehicle for change in the world utilizing my creativity. And maybe that's actually what everyone's here to do. I'm not sure. But it's like that was the only time that I felt like, and still now, I'm like that's the only time I'm confident, like truly confident, is when I'm doing what I do. And then when it comes to leadership, same thing. It's like, you know, I've tried to be a leader and it, it it's stressful. It doesn't work because you end up trying to manipulate and control people. Like when I, because when I think of what a leader is supposed to be, I'm like, okay, a leader, what I thought that was toxic when I was younger is that who a leader is, is when you say something, you get a result. So if you tell somebody, hey, open the door, if you don't, if they don't open the door, you're a failure at a leader. And that would fuck me up because guess what? You keep, it's like a dog or a child. You have to keep ramping that up because like, you know, it might work the first time because they actually want to open the door. But what about the time when you want someone to open the door and they don't want to, then you have to, you have to be aggressive. You have to have them fear you and, and, or you manipulate them. And so I'm like, if the, if, if the leadership is about the outcome, the only way you do that is by manipulating and forcing people to do what you want. And what I've noticed with myself, and I don't even know what the answer is, but what I've noticed, like you said, the white hole, when I'm that most, when I am the essence of leadership is when people want to be around me, people naturally it's not like I'm trying to tell people to do anything, but I have a spark of inspiration, of intuition. I say, oh man, I'd love to build this. And then people go, oh, I want to help you with that. Or I'm like, hey man, I really want to build this. Can you help me? It's like, it's the purity of that question. It's the purity because I think leadership actually comes from inspiration and intuition. I think that when the, the when the divine, whatever the fuck you want to call it, the universe, divine, God, whatever, when that is speaking through you, I think that's the essence of leadership. And I think that's what creates the white hole. I think the only thing that creates the white hole effect is actually you being in alignment with your own, call it divinity, call it your own intuition, call it your own self. I think that's the only time when you actually experience what would be considered as 
pure leadership. And that's when the magic happens. That's when you're magnetic. That's when people want to be around you is when you're not thinking of an outcome. It's like, yeah, you might want to create that business. You might want to spread a message to the world, but it's not about you. It's about the message. It's, it's like you want you want to do that, not because Anton or Jit wants to do it, because you're like, okay, this needs to be brought forth in the universe. And it's like, I'm just, a, I'm just a messenger for that. And when people feel like that thing, that divine inspiration, that thing that wants to be created – it's like they don't want to get behind you. They want to get behind that. And you are the universe's channel to accomplishing that. And I think that's what true confidence and true leadership is, you know? Absolutely. I couldn't agree more, man. Like that's like hitting the nail on the head, brother. You know, uh, very powerful uh, what you just said. I, you know, I, I think something to say off, off that um, is no, for me, um, there are different types of leadership, as, as you asked me originally, right? Um, but the type of leadership that I like to represent is I'm not thinking about being a leader. I'm thinking about will people follow willingly without me telling them what to do? Very different type of leadership. Someone says to you, Anton, go open that door. Or says, hey, Anton, do you mind? Do you mind like opening that door? Thank you. I really appreciate it. Or you go, you know, every time someone needed that, you're the one who goes, you go open the door. And people respect you and love you so much that before you even get up, they've opened the door. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. They look at you, they see you during an interview, lick your lips, and you've got a glass of water right here. <laughs> yeah. That's what I would have done for them. Do you know what I mean? I do. It's... The only expectation I feel uh, on leadership is on yourself. Mm. Expecting of yourself of the type of leader or the person you want to be. It's not even leadership. Leadership is just a, a label for yeah. most people follow, right? But for me, it's, you know, the saying, the Gandhi's, you know, be the change you want to see in the world, right? You, the only, and, and I have a saying that's, um, Intention alone is not enough. You must have intention with no reservation in everything you do. So the intention to do something is not enough. You must have intention without reservation. What does that mean? Without fear? No reservations. No fear, no anxiety, no doubt, nothing. No reservation. You're both feeling what you do. It's, gotcha. it's not even a feeling. It's, there is no doubt. There's no fear. Right? Yeah. Um, you're fully in. It could be as simple as... You know, I should have gone to pee before I signed this interview. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, know, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you want to be completely present. Yeah. You, 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 you want your energy to be undiluted. It's singularly focused yeah. because that's what doubt and fear is. It's a, it's a dilution of energy. It is a separation of a stream and a current. But keep going. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and intention alone without reservation basically means of precision focus, you know, that I'm fully present. Best gift you can give to someone, your presence. Your presence is the gift that you're giving, mm. you know, and, and leadership is about being present with that person that you're with. They, have you noticed that you'll find when you're, you're helping someone that you, in their eyes, you're, you think the world of them. They're like literally the most important person. 
a good leader doesn't forget the people they interact with, right? They're very mindful, okay? But in the presence of that person, they are the most pe important person in that present moment. In that focus, in this moment right now with you, you are the most important. It doesn't mean I forget about you when I leave, don't get me wrong, but it means that in this moment, that's my gift. That's the only gift I have to give in my life. That's it. Your leadership mm. is the same. We make this time for each other. We're leading a way to show others and ourselves that we can be good leaders by being present to the people that we're talking to and helping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's very beautiful. And, and I agree wholeheartedly. Now, I don't know the answer to this, but I think this, this needs to be asked. We live in a world now, we, we live in a world of multinational corporations, um, massive conglomerates. Um, how do you lead, and you, you might have the answer because you run an academy, but how do you lead a multinational corporation? Can you lead it with everything you've just said? Or do you need a more managerial controlling outlook? Like, yeah, when you get these massive corporations, like let's say for me, ArcVision. You know, when ArcVision takes off to where I want it to be in the future or when for excellence or whatever you do in the future, when that gets huge and we're, we're talking big, how do you think you manage that, lead that? Do you think leadership and management may be two completely different conversations? How do you think you lead and manage a massive corporation? Hmm. Well, um, you know, I've been in a senior position in a big corporate at a young age, you know, and then they put a glass ceiling over my head saying, Let, let's talk privately because otherwise it's age discrimination. You're never going to get to the next level. You're looking at another 10, 15 years. You're just progressing quickly. And, you know, do you let that stop your momentum? See, but when you have momentum or Emotion, energy in motion, and you have a lot of energy and you have a lot of motion. Guess where that's going? That's going somewhere. Yeah. You need to funnel it. Yeah. Right. But it's the same thing. And I won't go into detail about this yet, but, um, you know, like when I split from my ex missus, you know, back in my 20s, I always pent up anger and depression and frustration. But I went from being overweight and depressed to within a year having a six pack, being like um, a monster martial artist where I poured all my resources, financial, everything into personal training, nutrition. I did biomechanical training, not just standing there for hours punching. Wow. You know, I learned, I did my training scientifically where I could square up against my brothers and sisters in, in who do full-time martial arts in a grading, in a 24-hour grading and not outspeed a sweat. You know, I was just so like, but where I didn't go aggressive, I turned that aggression and upset into something like I was standing in front of them. I was like, I love you, my brothers and sisters. That changed from where I was a year before. I love you. I'm going to show you what I can do. Thank you so much. I love you. And through my love and my performance, I'm going to show you my greatness. Mm. You know? Yeah. And it, it, the whole Ali thing came from that, you know, like I'll show you that I'm great, you know? Mm. And that's where I feel that kind of degree of I started leading without leading. You see, to anyone who endeavors to be a leader has got a tough road ahead of them. Why? Because they have an expectation of what leadership should be. To have no expectation, and you know, this leads to a lot of the things that you and I often talk about, to have no expectation on your leadership to be an example 
to yourself. They say, uh, Robin Sharma says, you know, um, align your video with your audio, audio with your video. You know when it's out of sync? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Someone's yeah. video is out of sync with their, you know. And then he has another saying is, run your own race. Mm, that's huge. Run that's huge. Race, you know, and um, mine was, I remember my, my, my brother probably tell you, my parents, I went to my secondary school. So in, in England, we have um, nursery, secondary, uh, so nursery, first school, middle school, secondary school, and then college or university, okay? So I was at my secondary school, so like 14 years old, and I line up to the athletics, you know, and I was just, and I was added on. Everyone's been there a year before me. This is big, bulky guys, you know, like, you know, they've been doing athletics. They were there the year before. They know who the fastest is, and they look over to you, and I'm this scrawny guy, asthmatic. I see my ribs, you know, and my vest, and I'm like, like this, right? <laughs> you know, like, do you know what I mean? I can't even do my yeah. shoelace. You know, I'm like gangly and stuff. They're like really short, right? And then I'm like sitting there, and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, like, yeah, he's, uh, yeah, I'm not worried about him. You know, just make up numbers. And teacher, bang, right? And <laughs> boom. And I win the 100 meters. They went, and even the coach is like, I've been training these guys for years, and you come along, and I'm an asthmatic. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, you know, and then he goes, all right, guys, let, let, you know, they, they, maybe it was luck, right? 200 meters, bang, kill it all, right? And I'm like, <laughs> not your model, not your model athlete whatsoever. And then, and then one of the, no one said anything. And one of the guys kind of like, they're walking together back to the changing rooms, right? And we're just taking a break. One of the guys comes running and goes, bro, gives me props. By the time you know it, we come back out and we go 400 meters. There's no way this asthmatic is going to do the longest sprint is 400 meters, right? So 400 meters, bang, I kill it. Oh, I kill it so bad that I nearly killed myself. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> you know, at the end of it, right? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I don't even get my inhaler in my mouth. <laughs> like, you know, and and I got asked the question at that point. I remember this: Who are you racing against? And I said myself. And at a young age, I don't know how, where I came up with the answer. I reflected upon that. I was like, I'm running against myself. I will be faster than the last time Jet ran. Mm. I'll be better the next time I teach than the last time Jit taught. I'm not trying to be better than you. I'm not trying to be better than the next guy or this great leader that I'm in awe of. I appreciate great leadership. I'm inspired by it. I told you a long time ago that I stopped reading leadership books. Oh, yeah. Because I wanted to find my own leadership, my own craft. And now today, speaking to you, I'm starting to realize my own legacy. And it's all about legacy, I think we spoke about uh, i don't know if that answers all your questions but if i have missed the beat on something then uh, do let me know but no the, 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 yeah, me in, baby. yeah the, no this is uh yeah i i, I it's, it's funny man just like and we actually you did miss actually half the question because i was curious of how you manage and lead multinational corporations yeah. um but but i do want to make a statement about this because like there's two very different forms of like conversations and thinking. So on one hand, you have very linear conversations there. You will have two hour conversation and you will end on the same track as where you started. 
Um, that's not good or bad. It's just what it is. It's a linear conversation. Usually a lot of like left brain people, when you talk to them, you're like, oh, we didn't really expand outside of a certain wheelhouse. Now, I am extremely right brained. I have both sides. Like I, I, I can hold my own in a linear conversation, but where my heart, my passion is, is exploring new territories. And so when you, and then I think you're probably along a similar line in that you have, you can, you have the ability to channel a linear thought focus, but you know, you, you put two people like us and I think we're, and especially in this conversation, we're having fun, we're connecting and we're inspiring each other. The whole point of this is to just have a heart centered, fun, intellectual, beautiful conversation. There is no outcome in mind. If we had an outcome in mind, this would be much more linear. We'd be focused on one thing, but I, I feel like we're almost like what like a company, a creative, a, a directing team before they make the next star Wars, probably the best thing to do is just ask everyone, give me your ideas. We don't have an outcome. Where do you want this season of the Mandalorian to go? You know, because that's when you get the craziest ideas. When you don't have a too much of a vision on top, you can get into, okay, what if we went to a dinosaur planet? What if we went into this other galaxy where the laws of physics are different? Like, where if you said, okay, give me your ideas, but maintain it within this spectrum, you would never get. And sometimes what happens is you ask for the crazy ideas. You get the crazy gravity thing that doesn't fit in anything. And then you ask, how do we make this consistent with our world? That's where I think you get the, I think that's where you got Star Wars. I think that's where you get the most insane, thought-provoking, profound, that the matrix. Like, it's like you first ask the question of what, what is the craziest idea that doesn't make sense? Now let's make it sense. Let's make it make sense rather than asking for an idea that makes sense. Because then it's like you quarantine, you don't even allow the possibility of the ideas that inspire us. All of our favorite movies, TV shows, the ones that blow our minds, I'm guessing came from an idea that didn't make a full sense and they had to make it make sense. And the reason why I bring this up in this conversation is I asked you a question, you went off on this tangent in a beautiful way, this other thing, and you brought in ideas, topics, and an inspiration that we couldn't have got to if we were like, okay, we need to stay in this one thing. And, and obviously both are valuable. You know, if you're an engineer and you know, you just need to make this one thing the most efficient, you got to stay linear. But I, I think both of us too, I think we're like abstract thinkers. We're creatives. We're, we're the people that build corporations. We build businesses and I think the businesses that like, you know, Elon Musk is like that. He's like, what can I build? You know what I mean? And, you know, I think the visionaries are the people that they just, they, they build the things that no one would ever expect. And then what happens when you put two people like that in a podcast together, you and me, I think you get this very thing. You get these two people that are constantly one upping each other, not in terms of value of what they're saying, but literally in terms of holy shit, that makes me think of this. And we're like, we're not going linear forward. We're literally like going up, like we're, we're going forward, but also like going into new dimensions of thought. And I think that that's like, again, you, you get these very creative people in a room. I think you do get this like, it's hard to rein us in because by the very nature, we're constantly of evolving and building on the very foundations that you and I are bringing to each other. You know what I mean?
absolutely absolutely i i uh, i feel that being big time thanks thanks for explaining my aberration as a, a beautiful thing brother <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love yeah. it i love it i'm often known so this is actually brings me back brings me back to your question is i am a head in the clouds kind of guy me too i'm very practical too because i have the scientific side of it so i have a methodology to my madness yeah so sometimes i need to be reined in and this is where you build that team like king arthur and the knights of the round table right you might be the king but by default because you own the only reason you're the king is you walked first that's all it is you're the first one who sat at the table if someone else wants to sit first they're more than welcome you know they can be king whatever they want of whatever realm they choose to create and then the knights come up and each knight has a different characteristic you know, when you've got to identify, I have a program called Identifying Leaders. When I say a program, it's not a program I teach. It's a program that I run in my own mind and my spirit. We're, we're back. And uh, just to, to springboard, um, I was actually thinking because, you know, we obviously just had probably a 20 minute conversation before this conversation for the podcast. Um, and it's funny that like, because we're talking about how you and me, we're, we, we have a linear side, we can go down this linear path. But I think our default mode network, the, the I think the thing that if someone was to like, say what our superpower is if, if someone was to write you know our name in a history book and be like what made that person tick i think they would say it's the creative side of us not the linear side of us it's like we can tap into that but what makes jit jit or the the special sauce of jit and anton i think is that creative side and so what i was thinking is because i know this about myself because i love just being able to explore these crazy wacky ideas with you like this is where my heart's at this is why i love you and i'm like i love how i am with you now this makes me also think because you were saying i like how you rein me in i'm like bro i don't rein you in i like i expand you i i am a signal booster for your antenna now I'm thinking probably in the future when I, when this podcast starts making more money and everything, I will, I don't have to, but I will want to hire a co-host, a producer who is a very linear thinker so that when I have someone like you on, when, when like we're going, we're going crazy, we're going abstract, we're, we're getting mind bending shit, we're exploring and creating things in the world. I think it would be nice for for someone to be a co-host that can like take what both of us are creating and rein that in rather than just rein you in or just rein me in, rein us in because we want to be able to expand each other. That's our superpower together. So it's like we need somebody that like can rein in the totality of what we create together because I think that would be cool because it would be like, cause me, I'm like, yeah, I want to keep you focused on this multinational corporation question. But I also, every time we go somewhere else, I'm like, that's fucking important too. Because if we were to completely rein us in, we would be losing everything that our minds create together. But uh, I do digress. So I do want to start off with that question. So we, we alluded to that our form of leadership, our purest, our default form of leadership is this white hole thing of 
of inspiring others around us. It is what it is. Now, when it comes to multinational corporations in the 21st century, when we are managing hundreds of thousands of people, how how do you think we we enter this form of being moving forward ethically, doing it properly? How do you think we do this? Do we maybe learn and are, are inspired maybe from the crypto world, the decentralized world? How do you think we manage and lead companies, multinational com- mm. companies in the 21st century? Absolutely. No, it's a really good question. For me, um, <clears throat> you've got to, uh, I think often we want to say as leaders, or leaders often want to say what's on their mind or the way they think should, things should be done. I think the most powerful trait of a good leader is the one who sits back right and kind of listens gets the information because you keep for a leader the key thing is information number one if i put you as a leader to run a multinational company in a room of random people and you just started talking that would not be the best course of action for me it would be like hey man nice to meet you i'm anton what's your special sauce what do you bring to the table I'm a support person. I love supporting and I love like making sure that we get things done. Fantastic. John, what's your skill? What's your superpower? He goes, put me in front of anyone. I present well, I've got the right demeanor and I speak three languages. I just, they just giving me like all this information, right? I'm not going, blah, we should do this. As I was rising up through the ranks from being a data analyst in a scientific company, all the way up until becoming the head of ops and leading IT and converting my data analyst to analyst programmers, that journey in my career, I had one simple question to help that actually helped me build the companies I built after. My martial arts teacher always used to tell me this, don't blame yourself for what other people lack. Now that could be used in two different contexts. You can be in an argument with someone, you can't blame yourself for the judgment they put upon you and you can't blame them for what they lack. They don't have all the information and they have placed judgment, right? Let's put that to one side and talk about the corporate building. When you go at the end of your year and you look for that pay rise, did you meet all the requirements, right? You can't say, but I did all this. You can't blame yourself for what other people lack. That means that I realize that I have to help people understand what I'm achieving throughout the year on a daily or weekly basis. That comes down to one simple factor. Communication is a universal solvent that binds us all. If there's no form of communication, it doesn't have to be verbal, right? There are many forms of communication. If we don't communicate, we can't blame ourselves for what other people lack. You can't also blame them for the information they lack. You must be an information provider. And why would you provide information? Well, I remember when I was an analyst and I would hear, listen as well. Listening is very powerful. Listen before you speak. Uh, uh, We have a saying, um, actually, my ex-wife told me this. Think fast, talk slow. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? And I know that our nature, sometimes we're in a safe space here. So we can just like verbal diarrhea, like whatever we're thinking or whatever we're feeling in a safe space. But in a corporate or professional environment where you're trying to grow something and opinion stick is a challenge, right? The problem is, is that, you know, people, we spoke about this, people pinhole you on your layer of your cake. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right. So coming back from that, listening and getting information, listening to others, ask the questions to get more information. And when I would listen, I would hear about the pains that the leaders are going through. If you want to progress, you go to the biggest gun you can find, find a pain that they're experiencing and apply a pain reliever. Don't go to the, uh, to the person with a problem with a problem. Go with a solution to a problem, okay? <clears throat> and I remember her name was Jane. I remember our director at the time. I was like, hey, Jane, I heard that you have this challenge. I have a potential solution if you allow me to exercise it. Are you okay for me to do this? She goes, done. Go do whatever you got to do. Pull any resources that you need and get this problem solved. And then I'll go like, I didn't go to her with the problem. I said, I know about this problem. I have a potential solution. To your pain, I have a pain reliever. May I go relieve that pain? She went, please. I solved the pain. Guess what happens to my status in Jane's eyes? I'm no longer just a analyst. You're a problem solver. Problem solver. To go up the ranks in in an organization. So someone who's starting as a member of an organization that wants to rank up, that's what I would say. Now, you're talking about building national, national businesses. It's the same philosophy there is being that person that you always were, not changing, just because you've been given title. Because the biggest saying about leadership is lead without title. Remember the shepherd leading from the back, right? So peripherally, not just with your eyes, but your ears, you need to know about the skills of your the people in your vicinity. And if you don't have them, then you need to go find them. But you need to know what you have in your fridge before you can work out what to cook that night, right? Mm-hmm. If you're looking to cook up a gourmet dish with your corporation, you don't have the ingredients to create a gourmet dish, then, you know, and the other thing is you might, this is so important, the liability. You need to know about the liabilities. You can't just think about people's strengths. You need to know about the liabilities as well. Like, is this person always sick? Is this person always late to work? Is this person taking an extra half hour for lunch? You need to know that. You don't judge them on that. You kind of work on that with them and say, hey, look, I need you to be motivated. What's going on? Because you know what it is? is that I really like to go to the gym. I promote that. Okay, anyone who goes to the gym at lunch gets an extra half hour because they get that second win for the afternoon. I like that. You get an extra half hour if you go to the gym. Mm. Right? Because most of the time they only give you an hour for lunch. Really. So they're like, oh, great. So guess what happens? Everyone starts going to the gym at lunch and their energy goes up. So the key multinational listen if you can't hear what you need to hear, ask the questions and then you place your vision because then you'll know how to tap into the hearts and minds of each of those motivations that each person has. Find out what motivates everyone. Bring them into a cohesive team. Get Push the liabilities to the side for now until they fix that so they can be brought in. Otherwise, you're going to be start, starting off the mark with some ball and chains with you. You need to make sure you can take flight immediately. And so you can't blame others or yourself for what they lack. So you must ask a question. So listen first. Know the skills that they have. What's their superpower? Find out the superpowers that you're missing. Find those superpowers or become that superpower. You see, I'm a bit of a chameleon. I can, I'm a, I can be an IT programmer. I'll, get, I'll roll up my sleeves and I'll be a tester for the for programs, right? Leading is filling gaps and relieving pain. It's not just by standing on the front and saying, this is where we're going. 
Mm. You know, because if you if you bring, um, I know, uh, a bow and arrow to a gunfight, you know, that kind of thing, you know, you want to yeah. make sure that you, you know, have the right types of warriors at the front line, but also in the backside where you need the support team to make sure that things get done and keep you on point. So he's getting a bit analytical with it, and that's the scientist of me. But No, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. But keep going. I'll sit there and I'll go, let's listen to the skills we have. What's your superpower? What's your superpower? And then they go, hey, guys, ask me any question you want. You let them ask you any question you want. Go, am I the type of leader that you would follow? And if not, why not? Do you know? Because maybe yeah. if I'm building a multinational corporation, I don't need to be the CEO. What, what do you think the role of the CEO is? Like, what do you think the essence of a CEO is? To be the voice in the face of the organization. The voice in the face. Gotcha. So it, it, it so it's so like, it's every, not me. Yeah. so yeah, it's not that they are doing really anything special, but they are, yeah, the voice in the face there. Again, they've picked the right tools. They have picked the right people around them to build the product because yeah, they're not going to build it. You know, it's, it's, it's bigger than them. And then do you, because I, I'm, I'm, this is really interesting. And, and I actually, I love that you can kind of tap into that like analytical linear thinking when, when the time comes, because this is exactly what I, this is exactly what I was looking for as the answer to the question, because this is very much a nuts and bolts conversation now. Um, it's like, do you, do you think that the founder and the CEO always overlap or do you think they are? And obviously they do separate because you see lots of companies where the founder leaves and they appoint a CEO. Because like, for example, let's say with Arc Vision, I'm, I guess I have like the main vision and I guess probably what a skill set the founder or the visionary of the company or one of the visionaries needs is to be able to be a macro enough thinker to hold a vision and a future reality in mind and have the ability to, as that vision morphs, shifts, grows, and evolves, to always be one step ahead of that and be able to, whatever people bring and evolve with the company and the vision, be able to constantly accommodate that growing, expanding vision. I think like, yeah, and this is just my thoughts. I don't know if this is even true, but I feel like that is maybe part of one of the roles is you need someone who's a big enough thinker to be able to see the spider web. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, um, you know, my, uh, my, uh, guys at four excellence and in uh, my companies, they always laugh. Uh, they have this saying every time they say helicopter, helicopter, because that's why I say you helicopter up, right? Yeah. You've got to be able to helicopter up and remove your own ego from the process. You know, as a founder, you know, I'm founder and CEO of one company. I'm just founder of another, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you know, and the only reason I'm CEO or the only reason I'm a leader is, you know, until we find someone better. That's why I say, until ah. we find someone better. Yeah. If I'm the best that we have, then I am the CEO. If we find someone better, then I'm happy to step to founder. Only. Wow. Wow. Because you always got to remember that you are replaceable. You have to always look for something better. If you are the best we can find in any one moment, right? In present time, you are a gift, a present. But then you must always go there. Is there someone better? Can you be better? Can I nurture someone that could be better, right? Because 
you, you've got to think of self as replaceable. You know, you have to like think about the goal of your organization. That as a founder, you can still oversee and you have those conversations with the CEO and the management team to kind of lead. It's a CEO's responsibility and the management team's responsibility to like nurture and govern the other the rest of the team, right? And, and guide them. You have to remain detached from process when you're founding. Because mm. you're that visionary that inspires people when you come in, right? You tell that story. When I tell the story of our product, one of our products is called Sensora, remote home care solution for the elderly, but the story is my grandmother. I and mean, you've spoken about this. The story of my own grandmother. And you know this, and you're the guy who comes in with the story and inspires others. CEO is inspired by that story too, but then CEO will do the practical aspect of bringing it all together by making sure the management team lead the way. And when he needs to speak to a corporation about landing a deal, you don't need to talk about invoicing and number of units and, you know, yeah. as the founder, right? You want to talk about the vision of the product, you know, what its capabilities are and what its future looks like. Yeah. And this is really interesting. This is fascinating. And Again, I don't think there's an answer, a right answer to this, but like, because the way that we're describing it right now seems like the founders at the top, they communicate mostly with the CEO. The CEO then communicates mostly with the three chiefs, two chiefs, one chief below him, and then it's constantly going down the pyramid. Um, now, that is very efficient, um, and, and, I, and I think I already know the answer to this. But I think if, if that is all it is, I think that's where you lose the, the passion, the inspiration. I think that's when the company itself starts to eat itself because I think you, you get this with the like really big corporations. Like let's take a video gaming company, um, Activision. They got bought out by a really big conglomerate. And because like when Activision was just Activision running itself – the founder, the visionary would probably be inspired to talk to the entire team. He would, you know, maybe once a week, once a month, once every quarter, he would do a presentation to every employee and he would inspire everybody. He would remind people why they do what they do. And then what you get a lot in this Western world, I think, I don't know, but I think what you get is you get these big companies buying out smaller companies and they start to implement that really rigid funneling structure of the founder and the visionary no longer interacts with the, the common people making the product. And it's like, and what you notice with that is it starts to lose its inspiration. That company, you start to be like, man, that, that company doesn't make good games anymore. They, I remember when they made those old video games like Jack and Daxter, where like mm. there was a heart and a soul. Like there was a fun, there was a goofiness. There was an innocence. Now everything feels corporate and rigid. And I think, that is perhaps where one of the fallbacks of that really rigid control structure structure is, is when the ins- when all there is is details funneling down, but there's no longer inspiration funneling down. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, it happens a lot. I've seen it happen a lot too for myself. Um, you know, when the other thing is is that you know when um, when you get acquired. Um, often, especially by a larger beast, um, the CEO and founder become a little redundant where they're in meetings all the time with these, all these other people and trying to like strike deals and make sure everyone's okay. And they have this, yeah, it's happened so many times, they, they stifle their creativity 
And now they've like, we're taking on this company, we're gonna take it in this direction, right? And they're like, okay, what do we do? Well, you can either continue to kind of like, just play that role or we'll replace you, you know? And you're like, okay, well, for me, and you rightly said it earlier, we're creators. I'm an inventor. Someone asked me, what do you do? I go, I invent, I create, I create organizations, I create environments for people to flourish in. I create hardware solutions for the health tech industry to as pain relievers for pains that they're currently going through. That's what I do. You know, I like to create. Anything that controls me stifles my creativity and stifles where my spirit and my, my legacy is to create something of no, but to also have a legacy where I have shown my creation, which is myself. The ultimate creation is my personality and who I've become to inspire others to rise above wherever they're at. It doesn't matter if they're in a great position. I want them to rise above that even and create a legacy that is unfathomable in their hearts and souls. And if I can't keep nurturing my company with and the, the employees with that energy and that creativity, I'm sitting amongst them, Anton. I'm sitting with them, programming, looking at code, looking at algorithms and different formulas. I'm not that guy who sits in a fishbowl. <laughs> yeah. Right? You know, like you, you know, you, you had this saying, I don't want to be that guy where like you're the CEO and you look down and you see these beady eyes looking up and all they see is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude. That, that, I, that, yeah, go on, go on. I'm, I'm the, I'm the warrior king, right? I'm until someone better comes along. I'm like, I don't want to be king. I'm just that guy is everyone's following me. Okay. Well, I better lead, right? I better lead and I better do it well. You know, because mm. these guys are in alignment with my vision and my legacy. Why not lead? And then I'm just going like, you know, you know, I'll call someone Merlin or Lance. You'll call sign Lancelot. You know, like I like, just gonna <laughs> sleep with my woman. You know, <laughs> you know, like, you know, so you know, like all those things. Like you know, you got your knights, and you, it's like a brotherhood and sisterhood. You got your knights and dames with you, right? And you're there, and it's a round table. And the only reason they have any fear towards you maybe is because they respect you so much. Yeah. You know, that they, they want to be the best they can be for you. When you see that in your leader's eyes, that they want to be the best they can. It, you want to make sure it doesn't become blind loyalty, right? Yes. This is the thing I see in so many organizations where it becomes, they love you so much. They're so inspired by you. That it becomes blind loyalty. No, no, no. I want open Loyalty, open eyes. I want your loyalty to be with open eyes with me. You know, you choose to be loyal, but I don't want you to become so rigid that you can't remember why you love me. You know? Yeah. yeah and, and th this is fascinating. And I think this, like, and, and I think you'll be able to get this metaphor. We're talking about like one very corporate structure where there's one predominant ideology or vision that everybody's inspired to to create right and that is for the most part what i do i don't know if it's what you do like very much like arc vision is my creation my baby my vision i'm pretty stubborn i'm pretty bullheaded i i have a hard time like allowing other influences to shift that i do allow some of it though now and, and that's a kind of call it a corporate style. That's a that's a style of leadership. Then you get another one, 
And this one's very fascinating. And the best metaphor I can give is the comic book. This is the Marvel. This is DC. This is, there is Batman, but there's been a hundred different authors of Batman. Batman is a mythology. It's an archetype that everybody creates together. That's not arc vision. That's not what I do. That's terrifying to me is like to create arc vision and be like, this is all of ours and we can, we can literally shift it completely. We can have Batman be a bad Batman, a good Batman, a old Batman, a young Batman, a like, we're just evolving this mythology. And I find that interesting too, is like, like, are there any corporate structures that are like a Marvel or a DC in the metaphor that there is a vision but it is so like laissez-faire that everybody is actually creating that vision. That is not a finished vision. It is an ever-expanding, evolving vision that every employee, every programmer, every person in the company creates together. What is your – take that in any direction you want. What comes to mind when I bring that up? Very, very uh, interesting uh, you say that. When you – when you have a vision as the founder, you want people to buy into that vision. But the only way people buy into your vision for that character, let's say, is if they're bought into that vision also, that that is better than anything that they could come up with themselves, right? And if they're bought in and they're in alignment, then that's a beautiful thing because you get to explore this character and you're all on the same page. We're talking about Batman here, you know, in this instance, right? This instance, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You explore this character and you say, right, you know, I want to really explore year zero of Batman and then year one, year two, and we're all in, in alignment, right? You know, I want to do the laughing joke series. I want to do it, but I want to do it in, in linear. I don't want to do any prequels, guys. Let's do any prequels. Let's just go linear, start to finish, okay? Then someone goes, hey, you know what? I really want to explore Harlequin as an offshoot character i think she has her own story now if you sit there in front of others and that one employee comes to you and says i want to explore this and you shoot them down and say no this is the direction we're going in i'll say this i'll say okay i'll tell you what what your core responsibility is right now you guys to realize Batman. go okay i will be happy for you to use the resources in your spare time to explore this on agreed times, like say every Friday afternoon for the next 18 weeks, to explore this and pitch something to me with whichever team you decide to take along with you, as long as our current vision is met with no hindrance, okay? We, this, this pays for the bread and butter for our vision. This is the direction that the whole team's going in. But when we are taking a moment, you can use any of the resources in this building, in this office, you know, within reason, you know, have a stipend, you know, you can have some, you know, money to explore this. You present some stuff to us, the board, not just me, the board, and get some buy-in, then I'll be more than happy to fully fund that wow. and go in that direction, right? But first, I want to know how, this is what I'm testing you on. I want to know how motivated are you really about this? Is this something you're just kind of dabbling in? You know, you know did you really want cheese on toast or were you looking for mama, uh, you know, marmite? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want you to change your decision when you're at the table. Okay. You can't do that with companies so easily. You need people. It's called being fickle. You know what fickle is? You know, when people are a bit hazy and they're like, yeah. Yeah. they're not really standing strong in their ground. Okay. Look, if you believe in this, 
I'll give you what you need, but we must meet the bread and butter target. Okay. Mm. I, yeah. must let, them, let them explore. Let them explore. We're explorers. You see, as creators, we're explorers. We are. I, I, I maintain this. I always said for excellence was originally set up as a starship. Okay, starship for excellence, just like from you know Star Star Trek, right? Yeah. We're a starship. We have the bridge with the leadership team on the bridge. Anyone can make it to the bridge. You just have to prove yourself as a leader in that aspect in that area. We would have uh, Wharf, Callsign Wharf was head of security. He would do all the the statements at the beginning of every uh, call. You know, like you know, please do not share any content outside of for excellence. It's for for excellence members only. You know that kind of thing, right? And then we'll start the recording, and I'll do the intro and the outro. But then, then we have the main guest instructor who will teach the session, right? And we did that, and everyone loved it. Everyone was like, "This is brilliant." And when I would teach, it was like a big, major main event. You know, teach like you're saying. You know, like that once a week. I'm teaching tonight. You know, that once once a week kind of event or the once a month where you, they go. Sensei's teaching. John Luke <laughs> Picard, the captain, is teaching. You know, like that. And they'll love it. And I'd be blown away by the turner. I would never expect everyone to turn up. Right? I'll just be like, "Yeah, hey, I'm teaching tonight. Anyone want to come?" And it's like me, 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 me. And suddenly you're overwhelmed by the number of people on your courtyard. Wow, you feel like crying because you're overwhelmed. I'm like, I'm so honored. Thank you all. Right? And then you just go into your art form. Right, you go into what they came for. Mm. If someone can prove to me while we're going for Batman that they want to explore Harley Quinn or the Joker or something else, you know, then I would want them to show me that they are inspired and they can inspire others to come up with that vision and storyboard it. Show me how it looks, and I'll be more than happy to add that to the portfolio. Mm. Right. And as a businessman, I'll be like, look, you know, this is you're using company resources, company time, company staff, more than happy, company skills, right? Because maybe you're not a, a writer, maybe you're not a coder or a designer. You can use these guys, but you got to convince them. I'm not going to convince them. I'm full. I'm cool with it. I'm cool with guys. If you want to be convinced, and you know, you know, Jonathan can convince you to explore the story of Harley Quinn while we build Batman. Then I'm more than happy, but only Friday afternoons and out of work hours. That doesn't impact Batman because sometimes we've got to work late on Batman, you know. So, and everyone's inspired. The number of inventions we've come up with because the staff were inspired. Mm. You know, once the staff create this thing, um, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but they create a version of Facebook for um, Battle of the Bands, and then oh. the bands register to it. And they could battle live where you get like a uh, you know, segment, like you'll go there five minutes there, and it switches and goes five, you know, uh, four, three, two, one, and it jumps to the other guy, and they get to, 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 and then everyone's voting, right? Yeah. You can see the person bar go up, like the, you know, the applause rating, right? From like hundreds of people. Loved it. But the guy who helped, you know, like created it. Um, one of my staff just wasn't inspired to lead it into the, the future. And I was already so focused on that stuff that that's still sitting there from, we created like nine years ago. Wow. Yeah, man. This, yeah. And we're going to be finishing up now because I, I don't want to go yeah, no. over time with you. Um, but yeah, man. Yeah. Th this was fantastic. And like, you know, I don't, I didn't realize it until about 10 minutes ago, but I think, um, I think I'm entering in a different phase of my life right now. Because, you know, I'm 26 and for the first 26 years of my life, I've been, I've been a lone wolf. Like I, I've been very much, 
you know, just in my vision and not in a good or bad way. It's just, it's just how I've been wired so far. I, I'm very strong in my focus and um, either, you know, people kind of jump on board or they don't. And that's fine either way. Um, I, I'm very determined. I'll get there no matter what. And just me kind of reflecting on my questions I've asked you today. I, I think that I'm going, I think something's blossoming in me, like flourishing and that I think I'm starting to become much more fascinated and interested in this, maybe not like corporate structure, but a structure of people actually working together more. Because I think so far it's been me leading the charge um, and may, me also being a shepherd and, and letting like, but very much it's like my vision and, you know, I know where we're going, whether people know it or not. I'm like, I, I just have this like white hole again. Like I just, I have this energy. I just... I can unify energy in one direction. And now I'm very much getting fascinated by like, what if I let go? Like, what if I let go more and more and more and more? And what if I made this bigger than just me? Because like right now it's, you know, my podcast, it's my YouTube channel. And while that's awesome and I love it and I love the simplicity of it, I'm starting to become inspired by the idea of what arc vision could be if I opened it up and and even opened up the scope of it, opened up the vision of it and made it less about me. And that's something I'm very in, intrigued by. And I, I haven't thought about it very much aside of even this conversation, but yeah, this was kind of inspiring to me in that way, you know? Me too, man. Me too. No, definitely. And I can see that growth. And so like this conversation is helping me grow too. You know, like when you're going through your growth and your change, I'm experiencing this change with you. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I, I feel that too, you know, like I feel it too. You know, like, yeah, you can say, just been there, done that. But no, no, we're always growing. We're always revisiting aspects of our side that we've always loved. And when I see, when you speak about that, I, I resonate with that. I'm right there with you, brother. I'm not like I did it years ago. I'm like feeling it now. I'm like, yeah, I feel that. You know, like maybe we should just let things go. It's like a subject we're going to talk about another time but not to define love yeah don't define your vision just direct it in the way and go hey guys this is my vision go let's go together right and let it blossom because when you define something you limit it when you let something go it can be whatever it needs to be and you just nurture it keep nurturing it because mm. the nurture becomes the nature so i love you man that's brilliant stuff i love it Oh, thank you. Yeah, this was awesome. And the last thing, I'll let you either give a plug to anything you're working on right now, or or maybe in the simplest sense, where can people find you? And are you working on anything that you want to kind of put out there if anyone's interested? For sure. Thank you, man. Um, well, I um, I have a few legacy projects, as you know, and uh, you know it's about realizing my personal legacy. And if there's people who see what they like here and are um you know our sessions that we have i'd love to like you know get more exposure out there and speak to more people and help realize through other uh through these discussions i'm realizing what i want my legacy to be and yes i have um my four excellence academy which i'd like to throw out there you know for excellence.online um it's a it's a forex academy to learn about trading but it's actually an academy to realize yourself you know i have these sayings right to help be able to be more do you know what i mean team together each achieves more and 
you know, like they're a progressive philosophy that I'm creating. Just have to be using Forex as a vehicle to help people realize their abundance through learning, right? But it's actually about personal development and to refine yourself through camaraderie and friendships in a safe environment, to grow together, to help each other grow is what for excellence is about. And today, I think that's all I'd like to kind of mention about one of the things that I'm working on about legacy. You know, it's about the, my business plan for for excellence uh, is called Quest for Camelot. You know, and I believe in being uh, right now I'm king by default, but I have my nights until someone better comes along. But we work together to realize a vision together for each other. So Be- yeah. beautiful, man. And and I and you know, last thing I'll touch on about that is um yeah, I, I think like I feel like on a lot of podcasts, people think they have to plug like aggressively what they're working on and what they're doing. And, and I like how you said like, and that's the, the last I'll do it because I think that, I think that, yeah, people are attracted to products and people are attracted to services, but I think more than anything, people are attracted to people and people are attracted to inspiration. People are attracted to the pure distilled love and creativity. And I think that, you know, you could have plugged anything you're working on for like half an hour. And at the end of the day, if people watch this podcast, they're they're just gonna be like, man, I don't know why, I, I resonate with that guy, and that, yeah. and then they're gonna be like, I wonder what he does, and then they might even forget everything you just said, and then they might in their own time be like, oh, I want to check out more of that guy. Oh, he has a four. I forgot he said that, and it's like, I feel like see, because yeah, so much of the time people are like, oh, I need to plug my thing, plug my thing. It's like, no, no, no. be yourself. People will be attracted to you, and then by the very nature of that. They will figure out what you're doing and not and and the very people that are open and are going to are pulled in that direction naturally will find it like, you Mm. know, it's not hard in the 21st century once you already know somebody to figure out what they do. And it's like anybody that likes you will just be like they'll end up going down the rabbit hole, you know, just like me. I've always done it. And they'll figure it out. So, uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, man, for coming on the podcast. This was this might be literally my favorite conversation we've had. Or it, It's the one that, again, we, we grow every day. This is the one that resonates with this version of me the most. And probably our next one I'll resonate with even more. But who knows? For sure, man. Sure. I can see that happening. We, hey, we learn and grow together, right? This is a growing uh, for uh, both of us. So, uh, you know, I love you. And, um, yeah, can't wait to come back sometime. Beautiful. And to everyone watching, I love you guys too. And I'll see you on the next one. Peace.